Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Get It. Chase and Justin here with you on Monday, October 12th. It is 5 till 5.30, if that makes sense. And the Falcons... 5.25. Well, just... Yeah, that makes it easier. Yeah. And Dan Quinn has been fired. Finally. The Brotherhood has broken up. The Brotherhood Mm -hmm. is done. I'm I'm wearing my Rise Up shirt today because today's a good day for uh for for that reason. Thomas Dimitrov is also gone. Raheem Morris <laughs> is me. the interim head coach. Also coming up on Let's Get It, Dak Prescott is out for the year after a gruesome, yeah. devastating ankle injury. injury. Just feel terrible for that guy. Yeah. I mean, I've, all that he's been through this year. I'm surprised you don't have any of your bucks on this rundown. I. N- there are more important things to talk about, okay? <laughs> also coming up on the show, NBA Finals wrapped up. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even close. It was pretty brutal, pretty brutal last night. Pretty much a blowout from the very beginning. And then into the show, we'll talk a little bit about college football. Georgia wins. Florida goes down, as I predicted they would at some point this season. And Alabama, anemic on defense. I tell you why they should be scared of Georgia on saturday also coming up at the end if we have time nlcs preview between the braves and the dodgers but before we do that we just want to remind you guys you can follow us on youtube go subscribe let's get it you can also listen to us on spotify anchor google podcasts um, among other things and um we're hoping on thursday that we can have something for you guys where we can go live on the show you guys can put some names with or some faces with some voices and so we want to we want to do a live show as we're going to preview that georgia alabama game on saturday among other things but before we do that we just need to get into this show where we're going to start here in the atl where the brotherhood the big brother has been fired from the atlanta falcons five games into the season five games too late Two years too late. Dan Quinn is gone. I won't Thomas say two Dimitrov years too late. I'll say gone. one. At least one. Yeah. Should have been fired at the bye week last. Should have been fired after the Cleveland game last year. Raheem Morris steps in. Thomas to, or, um, Arthur Blank and um, Rich McKay. Rich McKay had a press conference just about two hours ago here on Monday afternoon. Uh, talking about you know why they're firing him why they fired him you know where they're gonna go from here and from what i took of it i mean they're starting completely over yeah um that's what it kind of came across as uh it i mean that's what it came across as in what he said about matt ryan but i will say he did mention that this team has talent on on both sides of the ball. He he did talk about the players that we do have and everything like that. That we do have young talented players, which I mean, on both sides of the ball, I think we I mean we we do have talented players. We have Calvin Ridley. We have people on our O line that just drafted Caleb McGarry, Lindstrom. You have Jake Matthews, who's barely out of his um. 
Well, no, he's on his second contract, actually. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, he yeah, is. yeah. He's a little bit older. He's one Alex of the higher Mack paid is a little bit older. Offensive tackles, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have Grady Jarrett, who literally just got off his rookie contract. Same with Deion Jones. Keanu Neal is so so. I'll talk about him, but he's done. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all I said. I'll talk about him, but yeah, I th- I think what he said about Matt Ryan makes it doesn't make me feel as uneasy as I think. You want to read the quote for as him? anything? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can read the quote. Yeah, I, I have the I'll video, pull it up. But it doesn't make me feel as in, uneasy as um some people might might speculate onto it and everything like that. He didn't totally commit on Matt Ryan. Basically, just said, you know, bless me. Bless me. And for those that say Arthur, the Falcons are just completely honest. This this should this is just very interesting because he was not he was not convincing Matt Ryan as our guy. Yeah, he was the, convincing well, that we're, this isn't a complete rebuild where mm-hmm. you know Dion's going to be gone and. You know, Julio is probably going to be gone, and Calvin Ridley just completely. Yeah. Grady Jarrett, guys, completely just scrapped. He, he sp- specifically came at Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah, when he was specifically asked about Matt Ryan, he was very mum on what he was going to do, and. But did they ask what did they ask him about other players? Because I didn't. He didn't ask specifically about other players, but hey, the Falcons have people. Like, let's not sit here and say they need to... Do I think they need to do a complete rebuild? I really don't. I don't either. I, they have young talent on the defense on defense with uh, Grady Jarrett. You have Deion Jones. Dante Fowler. Foyer. Foyer, Foyer yep. I AJ think AJ Terrell, Terrell yeah. Surpri- he, a pleasant he's, surprise. Yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise. I think Kendall Sheffield hasn't been as bad. He's shown when he's flashes. On the field. Yeah, he's shown yeah, exactly. When he's not hurt. He's shown flashes to me as well, even though he has shown plays where he's been a little bit off. But to me, that's not a talent thing. It's more of just mechanics and just something that's things that he can still work on, that he can get better at. But I I'm Were were you gonna read the quote? Because I was about to say something. Do you have it? From what from what you sent me, he basically just, you know, he basically is just non-committal. Yeah. Not, he, is he, that a word? Yeah. He basically just said that he was non-committal, but not in a sense of like we don't know where we're going. He he kind of more just he he was non-committal in a sense of he he put the blame off himself. He put the pressure off of himself. He put the pressure on whoever they're going to hire as a GM or head coach. Of course, that is his and Rich McKay's decision, who they hire as a GM and head coach. And I have 0% doubt that they that will be a conversation they have with them before they hire a GM or head coach. Because if you're going to come in here and decide to, to get rid of Matt Ryan, you better have a plan in place of what you're doing to, to fix it, or else you will not be here long either. I love Matt, but I hope he's going to be part of our plans going forward. But that won't, won't that won't be a decision I make. Mm-hmm. Also says the decision will be quote partly up to the player. That was from Mike Garofolo. And and I, I don't I don't care what you say. Partly up to the player. Everyone knows Matt Ryan is. <laughs> I'm sure Matt Ryan wants to end his career here if if he can if they give him that opportunity. But. I think, Arthur, I don't want to read too much into it because I don't think that there's going to be many coaches or or GMs that come in here and, and want to get rid of... Arthur Blank kind of stays out of the way. What now? Dude, that, 
Arthur Blank is no Jerry Jones. He's not going to just step in and try and micromanage everybody. Mm-mm. But in, and then on top of that, I don't think there's a lot of coaches or GMs that are going to want to come in here and just get rid of Matt Ryan, it's especially especially in their first year. If they do, it might be maybe they draft a guy behind Matt Ryan or in a later in like a second or third round type thing and develop. But they're not just going to be like, oh, Matt Ryan gone here. Here's our new guy. Like that's not something that's gonna happen. I I think you could see maybe a gradual a gradual departure of Matt Ryan starting within the next two three years because he is 35. Like that that's 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 obvious. That's not something you can get over. He's a he's an older guy in the league, and and even though his decline his play hasn't declined honestly that I much. I mean, those first two games he was. Right behind Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and that's the other thing that I think I don't think there's many coaches or GMs that are going to come in and get rid of Matt Ryan because if you look at our problems, a lot of them aren't Matt Ryan. Even though he did have that boneheaded pick uh, yesterday against, against yeah, bad. the Panthers, that was a bad one. A lot of the times, there's not uh, many, many times that you can blame a lot of our losses or blunders on Matt Ryan. Exactly. And for those fans that say, for those fans that blame Matt Ryan after every loss for those that blamed him for or the offense in general for that Cowboys loss even for that Seahawks loss I mean even the Super Bowl going back he's exactly. still having to answer questions for that Super Bowl exactly. four years ago that's what I mean, they talked about even now they came up they came up on NFL Network talking about this is this is um this has been something leading the like the firing of Dan Quinn and Dimitrov this has been something that's been leading up to it since the loss of that Super Bowl which I guess you could say that it's been a slow decline, but I wouldn't say it's lit. It, and yes, it has led up to their firing, but no one was thinking about their firing just coming out of that Super Bowl. So I can't say it was leading up to it in a sense the way that they I, I took it as when they say that. Raheem Morris is the head, interim head coach. Do you support that? No. <laughs> you saw my... You saw my tweet. I know you. You know I don't report that. Um, uh, support that. That makes absolutely no sense. This this is a this is a um a coaching staff that's going to be clean swept at the end of the season, or it it better be unless unless Raheem Morris goes eleven and zero for the rest of the season. I want to see him gone. He he's part of the problem. He's he's the play. He's the coach that Dan Quinn appointed as a defensive coordinator. He is running Dan Quinn's defense. He he is he's the person calling the plays along with Jeff Ulbrich. So fair, I don't want to see either of them there. That defense is terrible. To be fair, he was assistant head coach. So in this situation, it's pro- that's probably the reason why he was chosen to step up. But normally I would agree with you. I mean, this is the same guy who admitted that he didn't prepare for the second best quarterback in the NFL, <laughs> Russell Wilson. That made no he sense was more focused on Chris Carson, good running back, not really a guy you need to Focus key in on. on. Yeah. But here's the the Falcons are 0 and 5. Probably aren't coming four and a half games in the NFL. That's hard to come back from. That's like in baseball being like nine games back. For for the Falcons, nobody from this coaching staff is coming back. Does it really matter? I mean, the season's already lost. They're zero and five. Yeah. I don't think I. And and, and that and that's the only have... reason I think they were okay with appointing 
They still have to play the Saints twice, the Bucks twice, the Chiefs. Yeah, those five teams. But I I will five games right there. Those five games right there. But our next few games is is actually um, I won't say winnable games because there's nothing I consider a winnable game for the Falcons at this point. I don't I don't I don't know what a winnable game is anymore. So uh, they're, they're, they they play up a lot of bad opponents in the last, in the next few weeks. I'll say that. Besides the Panthers, because they've they Panthers have proved that. Um, and that's another thing I'll get to after after I talk about the Falcons. That the NFC South is kind of jumbled up. But the Vikings one and four. The Lions one and three. One three and no one and three. Yep. And after that. And then you also have the Panthers, who are currently three and two. We just we just had the loss to them. Then you have the Broncos, also one and three. So the next few weeks, there is a lot of games that aren't a lot of games against teams that aren't um, that great. After the Broncos, there's the bye week, and then you go into the the hard part of our season: the Saints, the Raiders, who just beat the Chiefs, the Saints again. The Chargers, who don't look like they're bad this season, honestly, with Justin I don't think Herbert, that they're there. bad. No. Yeah, they're not bad at all. The Bucks, and then the Chiefs, and then the Bucks again. So yeah, like that back half of the season, unless Raheem Morris shows me something amazing, and 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 to me, it has to be amazing, amazing. Even though those are hard opponents, I still have to see a Raheem whole Morris has lot from him because he has been part of the problem. Like I said, he is no chance of being the head coach. <laughs> After this, exactly like I said, he has no chance of. I don't think he has a chance of being a coach on the team next. Honestly, I think Jeff Olbrick will be gone. I think Raheem Morris will be gone. I think Dirk Cutter will be gone. If anyone, to me, if anyone should have been appointed interim coach, I think it should have been Dirk Cutter. And the only reason I think that is because Raheem Morris is one of the biggest parts of the problem. Our offense has been part has been at times inconsistent, but they have been the thing that the only thing that has even kept us somewhat quote-unquote competitive in these games so I, I i thought Dirk cutter would be appointed the only reason i think he wasn't is because he's been in atlanta before um and then on top of that i think a lot of atlanta fans are <laughs> don't like Dirk cutter because he was in atlanta before and our and our offense looked bad those years before he ended up getting kicked out to to tampa but the only reason i think he got raheem morris got it was because he was the assistant head coach he was chosen in this situation if dan quinn were to be fired that's his job here's why here's why dan quinn got fired five weeks in i think he was going to wait until the end of the year but the fact that bill o'brien was fired by houston last week that that kicked it into high gear for arthur blank because eric Bieniemy is going to be a head coach Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Vianney going to be a head coach next year. He is going to be somewhere, whether that's for Atlanta or whether that's for Houston. But I think Houston wanted Eric Vianney, wanted that head start. But I think the Falcons' job is a lot more attractive than Houston because Houston has no draft picks. That yes, they have Deshaun Watson, but they have no draft picks and really nothing else other than him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I made a face when you first said that. But, but yeah, that's that's true. They're, they're, their only thing that's really attractive is Deshaun He's Watson. from Atlanta. His dad is a crossing guard in the Atlanta oh. area. Eric Vietnam. Eric Vietnam, yeah, I didn't even know that. Also, Atlanta has an offense right now that 
is a I mean, Todd Gurley looked really good yesterday. I'll Todd give Gurley, him that. yeah. That was the first day I've seen Todd Gurley not look like... Brian Hill or, looked like a really hesitant. good, really solid backup mm-hmm. running back. They got the they got the receivers. Calvin Ridley is a star in the making. Julio is Julio, even though I think he only has about a one- to two-year window of being the best in the NFL right now. Here's, here's, I have a... They got pieces on the defense. They fired him right now so they can get that guy, Eric Bieniemy. I have a few, and, and I don't think that Falcons will go with another defensive head coach in a row because they saw how that worked out. And I think it's better that a head coach not, not have his hand in the defense but releases more. I think, they, I think he should have Dan Quinn should have released more to Raheem Morris than he did. I think he should have let Raheem Morris run his own system with Dan Quinn being the person who who kind of backed him or who kind of gave him advice on the system that he had. Because I think Dan Quinn tried to force a system upon Raheem Morris that I don't think Raheem Morris is used to. I think you might see a little bit different um, kind of not scheme but play style in these next in the, in the throughout the rest of the season with Raheem Morris as an interim. Here's where it went wrong for Dan Quinn. It started last year when he named himself defensive coordinator. Yeah. And they started 1 and 7 and they were awful on defense last year. And then at the bye week, he does all of his reshuffling on the staff. Yep. Raheem Morris goes from wide receivers coach <laughs> to, to defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator makes perfect sense. They go 6 and 2 the finish the year. They get some big wins along the way. He stays another year. Comes back, same start. It's the same old Falcons. And, and, and then people say, people just people keep talking about this just happened last year. No, this happened the year before that, too. This happened two years in a row. We started off the ago. year before. We started off like, what, three and something or two and something? Went into the bye and then came back and then won all of a sudden like seven, went went like seven and two or seven and one or something crazy like that. And... and it, that, and I think that's part of the reason why this was Arthur Blank knew at the time was now because this couldn't be something that happened again. If you went into the bye and he came back and did the same thing, that's three years in a row. And at that point, I have a question if Arthur Blank is senile or not because at that point, Arthur I'm like, Blank. what in the world are you thinking? So I think Arthur Blank made the right decision. I don't think anyone's questioning if he made the right decision, but... I forget what I was even getting at. I'm just so I'm 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 happy. But <laughs> <laughs> can I can I just say here's the thing about Dan Quinn. Yes, he's a good guy. Players might players might really like Dan mm-hmm. Quinn. But here's the thing. There's a difference between being liked and being respected. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the players respected him personally. I don't think they respected the brotherhood because that just got annoying after a while. They didn't respect his little Always positive attitude. Always positive attitude. It's not even like it's not. I won't even describe it as positive. It's just like I don't even know. Emotionless, like non non caring, like exactly. And it, that's just non ridiculous. That's the word. It's like it's like when you act like that, your team is gonna act like that. Your mm-hmm. team is gonna act like every single win or every single game. Like it's okay to sort of not bring your a game in a way it's okay 
Oh, if we lose, okay, we'll just get him next week. You only have that chance like four or five times in the NFL to be like, okay, we'll just get him next week. Because after a while, it's going to come back to bite you. And when you have that mentality every single after every single loss, like this is the NFL. This isn't this isn't middle school. This isn't peewee. This is the NFL. You can't have that mentality mm-hmm. and be a head coach. Nope, not at all. You can't. You can't be okay, or or even it appear to be okay with 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 losing, and and losing the way that they were, especially. So yeah, I, the mentality. I, I the final point that I have for this, because I don't even want to talk about this. Well, how long? We're going twenty minutes, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll say the final thing I have to say about the Falcons is just uh, Raheem Morris is not someone who's going to stay. He's part of the problem. Um, I think the only reason, like I said, is because fans hate Dirt Cutter. Um, but I mean, they'll both be gone. I think by the end of this season, I want the new coach. It, it, there's there's a lot of coaching candidates. I took. The pleasure to myself to look up head coaching candidates because all everyone keeps talking about is Eric Bieniemy. Even though I think there is some other guys out there that would also be good. I don't think the Falcons will bring in another defensive coach. I think it's better that they bring in an offensive coach with and and then get a guy who will fully run the defense themselves. That that I think that they need has like their Wade own Phillips hands type on defense. I could I I would I wouldn't be they, mad at that. Like you said, but, they need somebody. You know what? Get this offensive-minded head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, then, and then need, but they, this defense is so bad that they need a def, they need a defensive coordinator that is a home, they need a home run hire for this mm-hmm. defense. Yeah, and and that's what I and that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you get out, you get a guy, an offensive-minded coach who can iron out the inconsistencies on the mm-hmm. offense yes. because the offense isn't something that needs to fully change. Who can iron out the inconsistencies, or if they put in their system, won't change it, won't won't have it regress you know what i'm saying but on defense i think they need a home run hire of someone someone big who maybe one of these guys who doesn't get a head coaching job and and put them in there to pair them to make a a a super pair but here's some of the coaches they have robert salad the um the defensive coordinator for the 49ers eric b enemy offensive coordinator chiefs brian dable um offensive coordinator for the bills matt eberflis um, defensive coordinator for the Colts. Their defense has improved greatly yes. under him, and not only because the picks, but but just what he has put in. Um, offensive coordinator for the Colts, which I thought was kind of weird because their offense has been so, so. on and off. Yeah, exactly. Um, defensive, and then both coordinators for the Ravens, uh, Greg Roman and uh, Wink Martindale. But they have Byron Leftwich up here, which <laughs> I which no, I thought was weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ready. exactly. I, which I thought was weird Todd too, Bowles. but I was like, okay. I was like, all right. Like, I guess. If but. anybody, it's gonna be Todd Bowles. But um, yeah. Are you shocked? Are you shocked that Thomas Dimitrov was also fired? Yes, that was that was one of the things that yeah I was I was not disappointed by it because I. I told you I've I've come on this podcast and I've said multiple times I won't say that he's been part of the I'll describe him as a game manager, general manager. Excuse me. He he's not been part of the problem, but he's not been part of the solution. 
he has some bad deals and he's had some bad draft years, but he's also had some good deals and some good draft years. So I, I would say it was a bit so-so, but when you start 0-5 and, and then and you do the same thing three years on in the a hot row, seat too. it burns you up so much that you literally want to get rid of everything. You want you want to you want to clean house. You want everyone to go like you said before the show. You were like, I'm surprised Rich McKay wasn't gone. Like, yeah. like because you you the way the way that and it's not only the fact that it happened, it's the way that it happened. When it when it happens like this, you want to get rid of absolutely everything. So I think it 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 surprised me, but it kind of made sense. You know what I'm saying? I saw. So I saw. They showed towards the end of the game, Thomas Dimitrov and Arthur Blank standing right next to each other. Because you know Arthur Blank. Sorry, that was my backpack that oh, just that fell. That scared me. <laughs> they, sh- you know, Arthur Blank always comes down towards the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And he's so, on the sideline usually near the end. And so I, I figured, you know, that was just. That's just what they were doing. But it looked like, honestly, they showed Thomas Dimitrov walking away from Arthur Blank. I'm wondering if he told him on the sideline. <laughs> that That's tough. That's yeah, what, that's what was going to happen. And Dang. then our, Thomas Dimitrov was walking towards uh, the Falcons where they were standing. Or like the bench area. So I'm wondering if that's where they found out. Dang. Like, yeah, right I, I have no like, idea. I am so that, in, that'd be. I am so interested to see if there are any reports as to where, when, it how happens. it was, de- what, how it happened, and when it happened. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't like to think Arthur Blank does business that way because I don't think it's not. I don't think it's. It, they were. They were no. They, neither of them were people that like. I wouldn't say didn't deserve respect, but they didn't deserve like a like a like a meeting or whatever, anything like that. You just hey, you didn't do your job. Like hey, we're moving on. Like goodbye. So I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, that'd be crazy though. I I that that'd be crazy. I I did see a shot of where Thomas Dimitrov was kind of near Dan Quinn, and it looked like he was like Dan Quinn was like a little like a step or two behind him, and it looked like he was walking like back away from him, and that was after the game. But I didn't. I yeah. I didn't even notice that. Once the game, I'm telling. I told. I texted Chase when this game was on, dude. Up until like I would say, halfway through. Not even halfway. I'll say like like near the beginning of the third quarter. I wasn't really even paying attention that much because I was like, dude, I don't care what they do in the first half. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I was. I was like, man. I had. I had went to Walmart. I had been a bunch of things. I was like, dude, I don't care. So to Dallas we go. Dak Prescott out for the year with. What they call it? Was it just a broken ankle? Yeah, a compound fracture. Thank God, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only going to be out. They say four to six months. Surgery went very successful. Yep. But, I mean, you saw it, didn't you? It was. Dude, it was. You didn't see it. I saw it. Oh, I was about to say. I, yeah, I watched yeah, it. Was, it, it, was, it was gross. It was. It was gruesome. It, I it mean, was, it looked like uh, Gordon it, Hayward's injury from a couple years ago. It, yeah, another injury it reminded me of is Kenyon Drake. I don't know if you remembered against Ole Miss in, in Kenyon yes, Drake's uh, yes. the year before his final year, yeah. his, his ankle. Uh, dude, and I remember at that time you could hear Kenyon screaming through the um through the mics, dude. And, and, and you could see the emotional response that Dak – emotional response that Dak had. He was – he as soon – like at first – 
you could see he kind of like like he like hesitates to touch it and then he finally touches it and he's like looking at it and then he just starts waving this medical staff over and everything so and then was, once uh, they finally get him on the cart you could see he just breaks down like he just started crying immediately i mean everything that he's just been through this year i mean mm-hmm. first with his brother's passing and then with everything like the whole contract situation yeah. having to take the franchise tag mm-hmm. I mean, coming out with the problems that he had, where he admitted his in his mental his mental problems, and then exactly. some of the response, like people from Skip Bayless and other people, the insensitive people who of he's course. had to deal with. But it's just, it's a lot. And you know, he he was having such a good year. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, this game God. against the Falcon, yes. Falcons, Seahawks, and um, even against LA in the first game, they only scored 20, seventeen points. But I mean, he was. He's having a great year. Mm-hmm. He and he he was leading them back. Sixty eight percent completion percentage, um, nine touchdowns, four interceptions, a ninety nine point six rating. I mean, three hundred ninety two passing yards a game. I mean, you just hate it for him. You hate it. You hate it especially because you know since he's on the franchise tag right now, which this makes me hate the franchise tag. Just the fact that. You know, he teams are gonna use that as an advantage over him. Yeah, and and the and, and this know, was I've something they my, had mentioned I've, on first I, take. Yeah, they, they, did you see that? I saw it on Undisputed. Yeah, they had talked about it, and it was like, and and Max Kellerman kind of had a good point. He said he feels bad for him because he knows that teams will use this against him as an injury, like because of course in an injury in any injury, teams are gonna say um. How much can we trust you? We we don't want to put that much capital into you because we don't know how much we can trust you to stay on the field and healthy. We can't pay if you can't play. We don't want to pay you basically. But Max had also said that you have to remember Dak did turn down a huge contract this off season, one that was almost over. It was it was over a hundred million, a contract that was over a hundred million. He wanted forty five million. Yeah. It, I mean, and I mean, I I don't. I mean, what else can you? What else can you do? Like, I I don't know what you like. What do you like? I, it. Yes, he's partly to blame. Yeah. For, so for that situation. But, I mean, our team. The Cowboys. We'll we'll start with the Cowboys. Are they, are they going to give him that kind of money again this year? No. I think I think the only way that Dak is going to get the money that he wants is to sign a one-year deal for next year. And I think that because if he's he's going to have to settle if he's going to have a multi-year deal because of that injury, because of them not knowing the future for him, and frankly. I think he's. I think he's probably going to sign a one-year deal with somebody, and depending on how he does next again. year, I don't think that's possible. But I don't think you can't get tagged twice. You can. No. Hmm. Can't get tagged twice. He. So he's. That's the only way that I that I think he's going to get his money. He's not going to get the Pat Mahomes money. He's not going to get the the. Deshaun Watson money. Yeah. 
to and to me, he's I wouldn't say he's better than Deshaun Watson. He's been more successful. Yeah, <laughs> and winning well, wise, has he won a playoff game? He's won one. Mm-hmm. He's had more talent around him. Yeah, I would definitely say that. That's that's a hard truth. Yes, but let me ask you: Are the Cowboys still the favorite in the East? The East is so bad. They're 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 oh, who's who's leading the East right now? The Cowboys, right? They're two I and three. I think it is the Cowboys. So so yes, because they have Andy Dalton, who is not not someone who I think anyone should sleep on. Andy Dalton is a is a is a great quarterback. We've seen him be the. We've seen him play at MVP caliber, what, 2016, 2017? You remember that? Yeah. We've seen him, we've seen him put up great he can, numbers. He we've had seen a really him. Good game yesterday. Yeah, we've, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. We've seen him play very good football for as a starter for a lot of years for the Bengals. So I don't think he's. I wouldn't. He is a drop off from Dak. He, he's 100% a drop off from Dak. But I don't think it's so much that. They won't be the favorites in the East. Would, they, they still play the, the Redskins who, who played. What? Three quarterbacks in the last two weeks. Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and then we saw Alex Smith go out there. Congratulations to Alex Smith. Yes. Who, mm-hmm. um, finally got back on the field. Not finally, but um, yeah. Got back onto the field after that terrible injury and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I, found, I sound insensitive, but all of that. <laughs> but I was trying in to get back to the, Yeah, I was trying to get back to the Dallas Cowboys. But the Eagles, who are struggling on and off, and then the Giants, who I. I I think their Daniel Jones experiment is only going to last so long at this point, even though he didn't look bad yesterday. But they should have won that game, though. Exactly. That's why I said he didn't. He didn't look bad yesterday. But um, they're they're still the favorites in the in the in the East because none of these teams have anything figured out. And if any of them do, I would say even though they just lost their starting quarterback, it is the Cowboys. I agree. I still think it's the. I wouldn't be shocked if there was a six-win division champion from the NFC East. I think it'll be at least seven. I think the the, I think the, the champion will be at least seven and nine. Six and ten—that's crazy. That's that's ridiculous. It is at crazy. that point, I'm like, dude, like they need to. Who's who's the who's the next best uh, wild card? Because <laughs> the the NFC East does not deserve to be. It's in. like 2011 when you had. I think it was. You had Tampa at least, and New Orleans both finished ten and six, finished second and third in the South, and then you had Seattle winning, going seven and nine, and making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you. It's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah. That's that's another that's another topic, but for the Cowboys, Andy Dalton just needs to be competent. They can rely on Zeke to get going. They can rely on they can rely on those receivers. CeeDee Lamb has looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Michael Gallup, amazing. Very good. Amari Cooper, <clears throat> very good. This he's got weapons. Mm-hmm. Okay. He took advantage of the weapons that he had in Cincinnati with AJ Green and um well, Jerome Simpson. Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert, Tyler Eifert yeah. was good for a good amount of years. Um, when Who's John the, Ross could stay end? on the field. Who is that tight end? TJ, he's on Fox. Uzuma yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's taken advantage. He's not the greatest quarterback by any means. By no means is he. He's good. 
and he can be a game manager. He can use take advantage of those receivers. And I don't think there is anybody. The talent, Dallas is the most talented, head head and shoulders above everybody else. It's just a matter of can they can they go out and do it? Yeah. But the one thing Dallas will have to do is, of course, step it up on defense. Their defense is is horrible terrible like the giants have struggled on offense every single week and they still gave up what 23 points mm-hmm. to the giants yeah and that's ridiculous so that, that's that's one thing if, if andy dalton is going to look more successful and be more successful he's going to have help from the defense but even then i don't think and i don't think there's a ton of pressure on andy dalton when you have a run game and the like you said the run game and talent around them like they do so especially on the offense Let's talk NBA now. Mm-hmm. Season wrapped up last night. LeBron won his third championship with fourth. his fourth championship, but with his third team. Yes, yes, yes. fourth championship. I just had it mixed up. Here's what I took away from last night. Jimmy Butler left it all on the court Friday night <laughs> in Game Five. In Game yeah. Five. You saw it in his post-game press conference. He could barely walk. Barely walk, yeah. Once he got off, yeah. I mean, he left. He played his heart out on Friday. He left it, like I said, he left it all out on the court Friday, and then Sunday came. He had really nothing to give. Uh, the team was. I think the team had nothing to give. Exactly. Not only Jimmy Butler. I think that it's like that game. It seemed like Bam had played a little bit less. Not not less. He Bam wasn't playing as well. Duncan Robinson wasn't playing as well. Which I think that that game, that last game for Duncan Robinson, was more of an outlier than anything to me. He he puts up good numbers, but that's that wasn't something I expected him to do again. And yeah, I think as a team they played with a lack of. Lack of energy, lack of not it's like the whole not team, effort, but just lack of energy. They they were tired. Yeah. It was like there was such a high from Friday's game that the team was just worn out from Sunday too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like they they all left it out there Friday. They all were tired. Like I mean, it was it was really over from the beginning. I don't want to say over from the beginning, but it was a blowout from the very beginning. This game was only a 13-point game at the end, but it was a 40-point game in the third quarter. Yeah. Like I mean, it one player that I'm going to highlight for the Lakers and you can call me a homer if you want to. But KCP had a good series. Yeah, KCP had a good KCP series. Yeah, KCP had... he 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 is someone who who earned his spot to stay on the team in the playoffs to me because during the regular season kcp was especially the beginning of the season he was not a guy who who looked like he was gonna last a lot of times avery bradley was starting over him it was avery bradley and and danny green and not kcp and danny green but as time went on you saw he got more and more minutes and stuff like that and then of course once avery bradley opted out kcp became um uh certified not certified but you knew for a fact he was going to be a starter and i mean yeah he, i think he, he i think as long along with him i want to i want to highlight rondo rondo I was played about to say rondo yeah, too rondo played 30 minutes more than danny green he played if if you're looking at the top 5 people within a, uh, in terms of minutes rondo is one of them 
He went 8 for 11 on field goals, 3 for 4 on three-point, a part of Rondo's game that has not you have not seen before up until really this this year and and maybe a little bit of years recent cuz I mean before he was he was more of an assist man in in defense. He had four defensive rebounds, um four assists, one steal, and he had a, a, just some other good plays that that don't show up on the stat sheet. You if you watch the game, you saw Rondo was was making his presence felt during that game. So I I, I want to congratulate him. He's also the first player to win um, a championship with the two most historic franchises in NBA history, um, Celtics and Lakers. <laughs> I thought it was funny that he. <laughs> I don't know if you watched it, but um, I can't remember if it was halftime or the pregame. Oh, it was halftime. It was definitely halftime. Paul Pierce was on there, and they were talking about um, the stuff that Rondo was doing in the first half. And Rondo was like, uh, and after at the end of Paul Pierce giving his spiel, you could tell he was unenthusiastic, not happy. He, you already know. Everyone knows he hates LeBron. And he, he, and, and he had a little bit of falling out with Rondo yeah. also, if I if I remember right. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. So he's at the end of his little I spiel, he goes, he goes um, oh, and congratulations, Rondo, on your championship. <laughs> like I, said it I just like Paul that Pierce. no energy and it was I so it was Paul so Pierce funny so to me. much it was so funny to me i was like i was like he sounds so jealous like like he's like he congratulations so Rondo on your second championship like dude like and, and i'm pretty sure they all had a falling out with rondo specifically wasn't i think it, it was yeah it was ray like allen. oh yeah it was ray allen yeah. it was ray allen yep 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 you're definitely right you're correct yeah but i mean it was really everybody i mean garnett Paul Pierce, Rondo, Ray Allen. Am I missing anybody? But yeah, Big Penny I mean, Davis. I, I don't know who. I else don't know. There. I mean, though. For, for this game, let me ask you this: Tyler Hero played thirty minutes. He started, got seven points. Do you think he's a better? Do you think it's partly him? having that mindset coming off the bench or do you think that this is just credit to the heat or the lakers well tyler hero he 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 started in this game yeah that's what but, i'm saying but yeah but in um, his best games though he's come off the bench because i think first of all tyler heroes specifically tyler heroes a, a young player he's he's 20 years old we're both older than tyler hero <laughs> Both of That's us. That's insane. Yeah, he's twenty years old. He's a rookie, um, and I'm I'm twenty years old as well. But he was born in two thousand. I was born in nineteen ninety nine. Um, so I'm about I'm my birthday's in two weeks. I'm almost a full year older than him. So yeah, I think Tyler Hero has a lot to learn. I think it made sense that he came off the bench. He he wasn't someone who should have been starting. He he was someone who who earned his way to be a starter. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. isn't someone like Zion who who got into the league and should have been a starter. You can say should have been a starter from the beginning if it were not be for his injury. I'm not People taking like anything Rant away anything. For, as to why he was starting. I'm saying I'm not saying he shouldn't have started. I'm saying that he's better suited to come off the bench. Is he better suited? I think and that's what I'm trying to get at. Right like now the fact in his that career, is not a hundred percent. Right now in his, oh well. In, mm, so you you're saying that you think Drogic should have started? No, I'm saying, I'm not saying. I don't think Drogic should have played. I'm just saying in general. In general, do you think Tyler Hero is better coming off the bench? 
um, as that sixth man it's, it's, or as a starter. Right now in his career, yes. But as time goes on, I think he, he will prove himself as a starter. He has a lot of time to prove himself as a starter. Like I said, it's his first year. So it's, it's it, it, I guess it's just hard for me to determine that right now. I mean, especially in his first year and then to even – make it to the finals in your first year and and have and play a play a role that he did is is great. So I can't say that no he shouldn't be a starter, but I I won't say he should right now. To to me, I mean, there's people who are better than him on this team that that play the same position of him and who are also a rookie Kendrick Nunn. I think Overall, Kendrick Nunn is a better player, especially right now. Maybe, maybe as the future goes on, Kendrick Nunn um, slides off into the back, and Tyler Hero becomes more of a more of a person who is um, relied on more or, or a bigger name starter. But right now, no. But I, the one thing I want to talk about before we move on to yeah. to um, to college football is that um, I think. First of all, congratulations to all of them. LeBron, uh, Dwight Howard, like I said, um, Rondo. Great story for Dwight, yeah, too. Caruso. All these, all these people that, that are getting a ring. And, and for Danny Green, I, I, we trash Danny Green and everything like that, but it's never worthy of death threats. I don't threats. think he deserved it as yeah. much as he got it. He, it was night. never worthy of death threats. The death threats and everything, that's oh, crazy. That. Yeah, that's, that's, that's too far beyond. That's beyond sports. That's personal, and that's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a problem with you. And, but... but um, I'll say congrats to Danny Green. That's that's his what third championship yeah. to second um in a row back to back. But I don't think he's a person who's going to be there next season. And I think that's something we can talk about. I mean, in another episode. Of, oh yeah. Of how I think the Lakers team is going to change of uh, personnel wise. But I did want to say something about the Heat. I think they're one player away. Let me say this about the Heat. The Heat have nothing should be nothing but proud Mm-mm. and i know that that sounds cliche exactly. but exactly. let me say the 75 to 1 odds going into the bubble to make the finals it's ridiculous they make it to the finals not only did they make it they dominated the first round and the second round and then they beat a celtics team that they were the underdog against they come into the finals play the lakers and push it to game, game one six. game one Drogic goes out Bam, Bam goes, goes out. out. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler Jimmy, was yeah, not Jimmy 100%. gets hurt. He starts limping around. I mean, I I thought it was a sweep, automatic. After Everyone that. did. We said we said I something said, like, "Dang, like this could be." I a completely sweep changed series. my yeah. opinion. Uh, I, I said I said it, I I jumped it. I dropped it down to five games because I remember my original was six. But I I told you I wouldn't be surprised if it was a sweep, and I'm surprised that it wasn't. I'm I'm the not gonna fact lie to you. that it was six games. Proves, like you said, they are one player away. You know, looking at the free agent, looking at free agency for twenty twenty one. Ad. No. Oh. Ad. Ad staying with the Lakers, <laughs> even though he had that little. Did you see his little interview where they asked him like, "What, what are you thinking about?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna take it year to year, blah 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 blah." That don't. I don't. Oh, that means nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could even tell the way he said it. Like he was like, "I'm gonna just take it year to year," like blah 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 blah. He he's smart not getting caught up in the moment because anything can happen to a franchise at any time. Yeah. But I think Ad's gonna stay with the Lakers for a long time, and he could be the guy who takes over once LeBron retires. Honestly, but I think. The elephant in the room for free agent in Miami is Giannis. 
Ooh. <laughs> Giannis. I, I think they, I mean, the Heat have, have, have. Wait, uh, he has one more year, doesn't he? Um, I think Giannis I has one more so. year. I think so. I'm pretty sure. But, I, I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about him moving around this year. It, whether, out of what, whatever he has on his contract, what most people are talking about, him moving around, his, him, if he moves around, is it's this year. But a lot of people are talking about that. But I think, um, the Heat attracted a lot of attention to themselves and a lot they've made themselves a lot more attractive to free agents because you see how far they can go and you see the type of mentality they have as a team where they play tough and hard and they play to the final minute and they give everything they have and everything like that and i think that's attractive to a lot of the players yeah. and, and, it's and a young even team. though i think they would have to give up a lot, a whole lot to get someone like Giannis. Yeah, exactly. I think they don't I need think, any more draft yeah, exactly. picks. They don't need any more. Exactly. They don't need any more, like this guy or that mm-hmm. guy. They need a star, and they need a Jimmy Butler compliment to where, if one player who do- doesn't score twenty points, then the team's gonna lose. Yeah. And I and I think even though they would need to give up a lot, I think they have a lot to be able to give and still be solid. I could see them trading Bam and Tyler Hero or or someone like that, One Bam and Drogic, just to get Giannis and, and them being completely okay with that. So I, I think I think they're they're moving sure. upward. You want to talk college football, let's start with your Alabama Crimson Tide. I I I don't even know where to start with I this. I don't even know where to start, Chase. Alabama should be ashamed, embarrassed, and scared. I'll say ashamed and embarrassed. Scared. I'll say, I'll say scared. Scared. To an extent, but not scared as what you... Th- it's not as scared as you make it sound. No. This defense can't stop a nosebleed. They can't. I watched. I watched so many times... That Alabama, de- specifically, all three weeks, I have com- I've had my complaints about Dylan Moses. I mean, he was a first-rounder coming into this year. He is a fourth-rounder at best right now. He is so undisciplined. This whole defense mm-hmm. is completely undisciplined. They have no idea what to do. They are... Nobody keeps contained. Nobody sets the edge. Will Anderson missed up at least three tackles, at least three sacks. Christian Harris, especially that first play, a second play. Let's go to the second play where Matt Corral completes to the tight end. I mean, got... Guys don't even know like they. It's like they can't even read a play, Justin. Yeah, and, and I'm, they can't read the play. I mean, I'll, I'll Dylan 100. Moses, Dylan. I mean, all it takes is one motion. All it takes is a play action, and <coughs> Dylan Moses will guess this is going to be a run. And if it doesn't, then he's completely out of position. The middle of the field is wide open, and those big plays are bound to happen. And yeah, I I agree with you. The this defense was terrible. It was disgusting. It was something that you never see from Alabama, a team that has been built on defense since Bear Bryant was there since since forever. Every championship that they have won, that they have won, has been on defense. 
because up until we got and up until Tua was there, offense was not something that Alabama has has been known for. And even when Tua since Tua has been there, we haven't won a championship. So that every every championship Alabama has won has been on defense, and and it, it pains me more than anybody to see a defense literally not able to stop anything to give up the explosive plays that they did to be as terrible fundamentally in 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 tackling and just knowing your assignment and being in the right place at the right time in effort in in literally everything it's it's ridiculous and 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 I think Pete Golding is is a coach that won't be here by the end oh, of this season not. will not be here the by the end of the season we we already and I told you this. I think that that knowing Saban, he's done this plenty of times before. He's not a, Saban will not be complacent with with something being wrong toward until the end of the season. Saban's not gonna wait for it to fix. Saban wants to win now. He we saw that we saw that with um Tosh Lapoy. Tosh Lapoy. Yeah, we saw that with Tosh Lapoy as near the end of Tosh Lapoy's um. Time in Alabama, Pete Golding was calling plays behind him. Pete Golding was calling plays as the analyst behind him. We saw the same thing with Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, as he was on his way out, Sarkeesian was calling plays behind him up until they needed to switch. So I I, I don't think he's going to keep it going. You have to remember, Charlie Strong is an analyst on Alabama. Saban has, has been a mastermind in being able to reload coaches, and this is the reason why he takes coaches who have kind of failed in their previous job let them learn and tutor under them an analyst and then eventually promotes them to coordinator once they take another job, which is inevitable. A few but at this but this defense I, I think I think Charlie Strong will end up calling plays towards the end of the season. I think Pete Golding will be gone. But that being said, I think this defense they should take everything away from this game because it was terrible, but at the same time this is not something that Alabama repeats. So I'm not that's why I'm not it doesn't scared. Repeat. That's why I'm not scared. You're not because scared. because Alabama first of all, Alabama doesn't repeat performances like that where they let where they let where I'm they let saying. things like that happen, where they let someone go out there and completely do something like that to them. But also, I don't think Pete Golding it's specifically over over this season, Pete Golding has had our defense ill prepared in on and off in in situations you saw in A and M there was a there was a good bit of drives A and M put up a good amount of yards against us it was four hundred something yards in the foot a lot it was Matt I mean Missouri I, I don't know Missouri looked like a different team last week against LSU but but in the first week Missouri was on and off in offense and you saw Alabama's defense looked pretty good in that first week against Missouri so that's why I'm not too big on it because I think along with Pete Golding not having our defense prepared as a whole this season that's why I think he will get fired I think in specifically very specifically he did not have them prepared at all for this single game for this Ole Miss game and 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 I don't I don't know what it was but they they just at all times they didn't know what was going on I think you are a little bit nervous but I won't get into that 200 yards given up in the first, second half against Mizzou led to 19 points in the second half. 16. 450 yards total against Texas A&M. Texas A&M shot themselves in the foot a lot. Last week, 
647 yards against Ole Miss. I thought that I was watching the 2017 Oklahoma-Texas Tech game between Pat Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. I mean, it was so horrible. It was so horrible. And few plays stuck out to me. Fourth and short in the second quarter, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is driving. I'd say it was 21-14 Alabama. Alabama has everybody on that left side of the line. Left side. It took nothing. It looked like they were just guessing. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss runs untouched. I don't think he scored on the play, but, I mean, it was so horrible. Dylan Moses, I, I'm shocked when he is a part of the play. It Immediately, because he is so slow at reading the ball, I want to stick with him for a second. Because he is so slow in reading the ball, or reading where it's going he is consistently stopped up by blockers he's never a part of the play and let me say this a whole about the whole defense there was there was no hustle Mm-mm. there was, was no, no hustle nothing i mean i they didn't it, it they literally looked at and they went out there and, and didn't care here's an example on top of just not knowing what they were doing they had they had no energy they didn't care they didn't care third quarter um play over the middle i don't know i think it was elijah moore for Ole miss your safety what was his name right uh daniel Wright. Yes. daniel Wright goes for the interception there is no safety help behind him because he is yeah, it was it was well, him. It, yeah, he, he was, was the guy. Yeah, it was he supposed chose to be to him. The ball yeah, instead exactly. of being there for help, and yeah. because he did that, and that that's Elijah actually Moore a play makes the easy catch, and it's that's actually a play I wasn't speed. as mad at because to me that that play did show effort. He that, wanted he that, wanted to change something. He wanted to get a, a turnover. He wanted to to pick the ball off. So that play I'm play, not as mad at. The plays that I'm mad at is like like like. Ole Miss, it was in the first half. I can't remember uh, first or second quarter. It was Ole Miss had caused a few penalties, and then we had got, like, a tackle for loss or a sack or something. It's third and 27. Oh, I know. It's third and 27. They run the ball. They run the ball and get 22 of the 27 yards they need to get. Go for it on fourth down. And then get it, and then get the fourth, get the first on fourth down. Was that Christian Harris who just, like, it's like he didn't even. I don't get, even know. It, I the, think it the was. defense was so bad. I couldn't. Froze, I couldn't even let him run I, right past him. There was no one on this defense I can hone in on and say had a worse game than another because they were. It was terrible as a whole. It this, was terrible as a whole. I'll finish my point here. On an underneath route like that, the job for the corner is to not let him, not let him come inside. Their job is to be behind him, not let him gain any more. The safety has the help. The fact that the safety is helping on that play, he is like, you're not supposed to let him pass you. That's not your job to go up, go for the interception right there. Your job is to, is to not let that receiver go past you. You're supposed to make that play. And he took that risk, and it failed. There was nobody behind him, and there, 
and he wasn't even chasing after him. Like, the whole team is just jogging because they know that Elijah Moore is going to score, and that's 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 the part where I say they should be ashamed. Mm-hmm. They should be ashamed for the lack of effort that they showed. Exactly. Not only not only did they, not only was it they weren't in the right position. That's on Pete Golding. Partly the players, but Pete Golding for the yeah. lack looking mm-hmm. looking like they were lost. It's the lack of effort when they didn't get there, and it started with Dylan Moses. Yeah, I I think, uh, and and that's one thing that I wanted that I I talked to my father about that it starts with. There's a certain play. There's a certain few players he's it starts lead, with. There's the a certain few players defense. it starts with. It starts with people like Dylan Moses, Patrick Sertain, LeBron Ray. Christian Harris somewhat to an extent because he was the guy who was calling a lot of the plays last year and now is in a starting position this year. It starts with Christian Barmer, Fidarian Mathis, all these players who who started last year and played this year, and especially, especially, especially Dylan Moses and Patrick Sertain. Absolutely. Those are the two that I am most disappointed in because they not only were they not being – leading by example in their play they weren't leading by example mentally they it was it was just it's just ridiculous no type of drive or anything Patrick Sertain literally gets bullied off the line every single play it looks like just by big receivers and and you're supposed to be a shut down lockdown corner like I don't and up up until that game he looked pretty good and then you look at this game and it looks like he literally like it, this game was so bad for him. It looked like you could almost take all the credit away from the first two because that, it was that bad. It was that bad looking on on his part, especially to me. But I won't. This is where I'm going to flip. Oh gosh, I'm not going to take credit away from the whole defense for what they did in those first two weeks, especially in the first what week. Do you mean against, what they did for the first two. Let weeks. me finish. In the first two weeks, especially in the first week against Missouri. In the first week against Missouri, of course, Missouri is an offense that is not great. They're, they're in the bottom half of the, the, the um, SE. Are they? They might not be after no. last week. They might not be after last week. But they're, they're, they're not an amazing team on offense, and we know that. They did. Alabama did great against them on on offense. They let up only 19 points. They got in for plenty of sacks. Will Anderson looked great. Um and and we saw but we did I remember I remember I said in that first week there was holes in the DBs there was holes in the passing that you could see them you could see them and it, it was obvious to me and I and I blamed it partly on them not being young but inexperienced because not a lot of them are are younger than sophomores other than like two but a lot of them haven't played a lot of time because of just talent in front of them and then we went on to the A&M game. I said the same thing. And then I even admitted that Dylan Moses, there was times where Dylan Moses didn't look good. There was two or three plays, especially in that A&M game, where Dylan Moses literally looked completely lost on the field. And it was his fault that one of the touchdowns was especially his fault. And I admitted that. And, I, and, and, and that's what I want to get at right now is that this, even though it was a bad show out they let up 48 points this is not something i expect again and it's also not something that came as a 100 surprise i told you that this is a defense that 
that isn't amazing. They have, I literally just went through and showed you everything that I, you can go back and listen to the first two recordings. I told you, this defense isn't isn't there yet. I let everybody know that. We all well, knew that. This defense took pretty big steps back. But, yeah, I'm, I, but on top yes. of that, on top of that, I do, I, I let everyone, I, I, this is, this, this didn't come as a surprise to me for, for multiple reasons. One re- there's only one reason it didn't come as a surprise to me. I, I'll give that one to y'all first. The fact that Pete Golding didn't have them prepared at all, once again, specifically for this game. In the A&M game, you saw he had them prepared for, for things like Kellen Mond whenever he ran. Kellen Mond didn't run a lot that game. Kellen Mond was forced to pass, and I think that's how he ended up beating us a little bit because I don't think Alabama expected him to pass as well as he did. It, that's not an excuse. I told you we had holes in our DBs before that. We had holes in our no, DBs you, against Missouri. You, I remember but, you saying two weeks ago, this defense, I'm starting to wonder if it was because Pete Golding didn't have the talent that he had from last year due to injuries. Mm-hmm. I, I told you. Team. I told you. And, and And remember what I said after that? I'm not sure because we'll have to see in the next coming weeks because I this this is one week. This is the first week. Remember we kept said saying they were back. I said I said Alabama was back and I was and I was wrong. I was hype. I mean I mean your your password for your computer is Dogs Champs twenty twenty, so Hey. <laughs> I mean but love- But that being said, <laughs> moving on from that, I wanna say that in A and M I think they weren't prepared as much for Kellen Mond to throw 318 yards and have three touchdowns. I weren't. I, I don't think they they realized that Kellen Mond had improved passing wise because if you look at him rushing wise, he only had Kellen Mond had 19 yards. They shut him down running wise, and I think that's what they were more expecting that game. But in this game specifically, I don't I don't know whether it was Pete Golding didn't didn't watch film he didn't know who he should have keyed in on or there was too many players to key in on or what or or Lane Kiffin came out there with something he hadn't seen in his life before but I think in this game specifically I just showed you how how Alabama they're at least set up to shut down or, or at least stop part of your game Alabama wasn't set up to stop any part of Ole Miss's game so that's why I can't I can't game. say what what do you mean your game like, are you saying any offense, or are you saying? What do you mean? You said Alabama's built to any part, stop any part of your game. They're, they, Alabama usually on defense. If if they're not a defense, if it's not the years that they shut down, where it's, where it literally looks like a lockdown defense in every single way, there's they're they're usually try to key in on one part of your game. They try to key in if if they know you have a running quarterback. They'll try to, even though Alabama has struggled against running quarterbacks, that's usually what they try to key on, key in on because they know that's what they struggle against. Or they usually try to key in on, like in Joe Burrow, they tried to stop the pass. We saw that didn't work, and then because if you if you look at it, a lot of that a lot of that game was rushing, even though we, where we couldn't stop the pass was just talent reasons. But you see, there's they usually try to take one thing out of your game. But that's why I'm saying that's why I can't sit back and believe after these first two weeks. Where we showed flashes where our defense was good. And we showed flashes where, where our defense... See, that's what, that's where I don't get it. Because you can't sit here and say there hasn't been parts where our defense has showed improvements from last year. You can't sit here and say our defense has been trashed the whole season. You can't. 
The numbers literally don't. They, they can't. 450 yards against A&M. They gave up a lot of yards. 209 in the second half against Missouri. Yes, they give up a lot. They, they gave up a lot of yards. But I'm telling you, I literally just showed you where they have set up and they've put things in place where they have shut down things, where they, they, where, they have improved. Where did you show last, me that? Last, I literally just showed you where they shut down their running game. Oh, my God. You're not even listening. Ole Miss, <laughs> Texas A&M had 115 rush yards. That's not... Even though you wouldn't like in most on most defenses, of course you wouldn't like to let up a hundred rush yards. But a hundred rush George yards is about average. One hundred for all three games combined. Congratulations, George is the top defense in the in the in the SEC. We don't care. We know that. <laughs> like like you're you're telling us obvious things. A hundred rush yards a game is about average. Most teams what most teams give up. So to me, it's it's not, and and that's why I can't say because. And and you're you can say where where where's Alabama's defense been good at all this season? I I just gave you reasons why I've I've showed you all this stuff. They have they have showed times in this season where they have been good, and they have showed times in this season where they have been bad. And this game especially was one of the worst ones. They were not prepared for Ole Miss specifically. They were already a defense that had had holes in it before, and then on top of that, I think they just fundamentally wise they weren't there i don't think you'll see a showing i don't i really don't believe you'll see a showing like this against georgia not only because first of all georgia's offense is not Ole miss's offense but second of let all let me say this we're alabama's talk, defense will bounce this. back to an extent i won't say they're gonna bounce back fully but they will bounce back to an extent in this game because saban's not gonna let that happen again let me say this we're gonna talk about this in our pregame show on thursday but Georgia's offense is competent. Georgia's defense, elite. Georgia, Alabama's offense, very good. Alabama's defense, anemic, undisciplined, terrible, horrible. I think you're basing a lot. Uh, I think you're basing way no, too I'm much basing off it on of what I've seen. I think you're basing I way think, too much. I think they got of... a lot. I think they got away with a lot against Missouri. Clearly, because they gave up a lot of yards in the second half, they gave up 450, like I said, to Texas A&M. Texas A&M shot themselves in the foot a lot. I think you're basing Last way too much was off absolutely of absolutely brutal. I mean, say what you want about Ole Miss's offense; they are good. Lane Kiffin, they're the guru. top offense in the SEC. Yeah, they're they're putting up 41 points a game, but you are 400 Alabama. something yards. You are Alabama. What 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 was the first thing I came in on here and said? <laughs> what was the first thing I came on here and so said? So what, what are you saying here then? Like, what are, what are we talking about here? Like, oh, they're just it's just going to go away just like that? I didn't say it was going to go away. I said they would be better. I did. I literally just explained they're to you have, why they would be better. I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to come back and just shut Georgia out. I never said that. And I never said that, that Alabama shouldn't be scared of Georgia, but I don't think they should be as scared as you make it sound. And I don't think that Georgia shouldn't be scared of Alabama either. Because you said – you said Alab- – and, and, then, and then you don't even realize the, the, the adjectives you use to describe Georgia versus what you use to describe Bama. Competent. Georgia's defense is – Georgia's defense is – Elite and Alabama, Alabama's offense is very good. Alabama's offense is elite, as well as Georgia's defense is elite. So I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a game where strengths match up. Alabama's offense is elite, along as well as Georgia's defense is elite. 
Alabama and Alabama Georgia's defense is competent. Alabama's offense is, I will say, I will admit, a little bit less than competent at times, especially in that Ole Miss game. And it's then that awful. And then a lot of, oh yeah, oh yeah, the whole game, the whole Ole Miss game, yeah, awful. But and and then at times in the A and M game, but I don't, I'm, I'm not as scared as as you make it seem. And and you're gonna deny this like you did before the show. I think you're treating this. It's funny because it. This is what made me realize because I almost went the same track as you as Alabama's done this season. Oh my god, this defense is terrible. There's nothing that's gonna happen. This is done. done. This is done. I'm and not saying they're done. You texted me that the SEC West was wide open when it three teams have open. two losses and, and three other teams have one loss. If Alabama and we beat and Alabama already. continues to play exactly like that, do you think that they it is wide open. I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you believe what you want to believe in that. That being said, I, I'm not I'm not as scared as 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 you think. I think you're treating this a lot like the first week because it, it literally it made me it made I've me sit back and realize when I thought because I watched I watched Arkansas I watched the Georgia Arkansas game most of it I didn't most watch I didn't watch a lot most of the second of half I won't lie but. So you missed but, a lot then. I, no, okay. Oh, okay, but I'm, that's not the point. I'm saying that we're treating this the same way. I came out and I was like, and I was like, dude, Georgia's done. They look terrible on offense. They're over here experimenting. They don't even know what they're doing. Their offense is terrible. Saying, they're saying, not doing a single thing. Their defense was so-so in the first half, like blah, 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 blah. And then you came out here and you're you're, Georgia's defense, Alabama's defense is terrible. They're awful. They haven't done anything the whole season. Blah, 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 blah. All this. Okay. They haven't. And and that's how I felt against against Arkansas. Y'all's offense showed. You're basing it off of one half. You're basing it off of one half. I'm basing it off of three games. Y'all showed a little bit. No adjustments. I watched. They made no adjustments. I watched the the Georgia Tennessee game. Y'all's def- y'all were getting shut down in the first half by Tennessee's defense. Were oh. they really? Were they really? What? Were they really? What? 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 I can't believe you. Go back you and right watch now. that game. Were they getting shut down? They weren't getting shut down. Right they now. weren't getting shut down, but they were getting they were getting they were getting slowed down a lot more than they should have by Tennessee's defense. I will give Tennessee the credit that they deserve because I I'm never going to take away credit from a team. Tennessee's defense has improved under under um under um Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt almost lost his name, but Derek Ansley. But y'all only scored seventeen and a half, and Tennessee scored twenty one. Even granted, one of those was on defense. They did slow y'all down. You cannot you cannot say that they didn't. It, y'all's rushing game in the first half really wasn't there. Once it once it got to the second half and y'all started to wear Tennessee's defense down. Yes, I'll give it to you. But Tennessee showed me two things that they could do, two things that that can beat Georgia. If you stop their run game, which they were doing in the first half, if you stop their run game and rush Stetson Bennett, once that game is fully on him, like it was, he was missing in throws, he was having to move around, and and then he threw a he threw a pick, right? No, he didn't. No, throw no, a he pick. didn't throw a pick. No, he didn't throw a pick. I'm thinking of George. I'm not going to say that he had but, a great game. But yeah, exactly. There was there was times where he he's going to be he's and he's Zemir a little White bit off. Bad. If you shut down, Zemir if you White can shut down that running too. game, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if Alabama has the defense to shut down y'all's running game. But I will say exactly. if if you can slow down that running game like Tennessee did, and then get some pass rush, I will say that Alabama can pass rush. Even though Will Anderson is young and he misses, I I will say the reason that Will Anderson missed some sacks. 
in that Ole Miss game was one because the coverage didn't give him enough time. There was like four or five times he was no. right there. He was right there. He was right there. And then the ball got off last second because our DBs couldn't cover. And then there was a few times where he just straight up missed the tackle. But the Tennessee Tennessee showed me two things. They showed that if you stop the run game and put the game on Stetson Bennett while pass rushing him, that he will miss and will crack at times. Let and they also you. showed that y'all are susceptible somewhat to big explosive plays, which is a lot of what Alabama does. Okay, I'll give you that. I will give you that. I will give you that they did get two they got two long touchdowns, mm-hmm. okay? One of them was a fantastic throw by Jarrett Garantano and a great catch. Tyson Campbell was in position. He was right there. That throw had to be perfect. That catch had to be made and that that was perfect play by Tennessee. The other play yeah, they got the best of DJ Daniel, but here's here's where here's where the difference was. Georgia can make second half adjustments. Where was the second half adjustment for Alabama last Saturday? I, I won't lie, I told you, I I don't think Pete Golding will be here at the end of the season because he the end didn't of the make season one. Season isn't Saturday. Okay. If there's if first of all, I Georgia's offense, like you said is competent and we're getting too much into this because this is literally we're, we're already an hour 16 in okay so we're gonna have to say this for the pregame show but georgia's offense is competent but they're not old misses that i think they're gonna have to go unless y'all just boom on offense to me it's not like they're gonna have to make some huge adjustments in going into halftime the biggest adjustments i'm uh, might i would think that they would have to make is if y'all's running game booms on us if y'all's running game starts going crazy then they're really gonna have to make some adjustments but i think that's what they're gonna be keying for honestly but in 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 the past game i trust any quarterback to throw on that alabama secondary i mean you can't sit here and tell me you saw missouri missouri's quarterback he 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 there was times where he did struggle against against the past game and there was and even though even though and then even though I, yeah, I mean, of course, Missouri's quarterback is not amazing, but we did watch him do really good against LSU yesterday or two days ago. But, Please. but, um, and then there was times that we forced Kellen Mond to make mistakes in the passing game. You saw a pick six, and you saw another pick in the end zone after we had, even though they had driven down the field, they got the pick in the end zone once we saw we forced him to make a mistake. But hey, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll save we it for save the pregame. It for Thursday show. Yeah. It's going to be pretty much our whole show on Thursday, but. I don't think we have to time. I don't think we have time to talk about the Florida A and M game. One thing I will say is, I mean, it's it's what we expected. I think yeah. you and I both said Florida's, <laughs> Florida's going to lose. Florida's going to lose a game because they can't get off the field on third down. And and even though you'll agree with me, you'll disagree with me on this, and you already did. The SEC is turning into Big Twelve with oh, these scores, man. Let me these let scores, me twenty four to two. 44 to 21. Yes. This isn't this isn't Big 12. This is mostly not Big 12. Auburn, Arkansas, that's kind of an average score. 30 to 28. Oh no, man. Those are not Look average at this. scores. Yes, there they was, are. This isn't 2011, Justin, where it's 9 to 6 and 17 to 14. Even kind, then, kind these games. even then, these these points they 41 even in the past South few Carolina allows 7 points. Even in the past few years, most a majority of 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 well, I'll say at least this week. At least this week, we looked like the Big 12 in terms of scores and scoring. But in years previous, this is something that would never happen. You would see 
combined totals of scores of usually around 40 points, maybe 50 if one of the teams hits like a low 30s. But there was a lot of games that went over 60, 65 points this week in the SEC. And that's not something you see. I don't, I don't care what you, what you want to say about that. That's not, that's not something that you get used to. And I hope it's not something that we do get used to. I, I, I think that as long as Kirby Smart is head coach, Georgia will always have a defense. I think that... <laughs> and your Georgia hat is so tight. I'm not even talking about Georgia. I'm talking about the SEC. This is why I kept texting you that. The S- <laughs> oh, my God. Do you... so, so you're not nervous going into Saturday. I, I I told you that. I told you. I think I, I'm scared, but I'm not as scared as what you what you put on your head. I and I don't and I and just like you for some reason you say you're not scared. I don't I think y'all should be scared somewhat, but I don't think I'm not gonna say that y'all should be like fearful or or like so like scared that like y'all are shaking in your boots, but I think you'll I think that Alabama's offense is something you do have to worry about. Just like Georgia's defense is something you I'm have not, to worry about. I think it's gonna be an interesting I think it's going to be a very interesting game between Alabama's offense and Georgia's defense. But I don't think that Alabama can put up 40 points on that Georgia defense. I don't think they can even put 30 up on that Georgia defense. Mm, I don't know about I think I think given the right circumstances, and, I think and they plus, can Plus, I don't 30. think I don't think that Georgia I don't think that Alabama can stop Georgia to where they don't score more than 21 points. Looking at that, look, looking at that defense that I saw last week and frankly against A&M, Georgia will be the worst offense Alabama has played this season. Oh hell no! Look at the numbers. Kellen that's, Mond. That's, that's usually that's literally just stats. <laughs> I don't. I don't even have they to. Have I don't. I don't have anything to back Alabama that up other than stats. Played all season. I don't have anything to back that up other than stats, man. Go look at the numbers. I don't have to even argue with that one. <laughs> Go look at the numbers. Y'all's y'all will be the worst offense that Alabama has played this. And we will uh, I mean, also be the best actually defense. other than other than Let Missouri. Other than Missouri. I actually I forgot about Missouri. I'll give you Missouri. Actually, Missouri was the worst offense. Thursday's gonna be a really good show. Um... That's about all the time we have, but before we go, I just want to remind everybody that the NLCS is tonight, and I really think that this is a series that the Braves can win against the Dodgers. I think that if the Braves get past the Dodgers, then the two teams from the AL, um, Houston and Tampa Bay, are both teams that the Braves are better than, and the Braves match up well against. I will also say that I think that Freddie Freeman needs to have a big series. It's time for him to step up and be that franchise player that, you know, gets the Braves over the hump and gets them that World Series finally. That's all I'm going to say because we're pretty much out of time. Pretty much out of time. (laughs) We're We're actually over time. Yeah, exactly. We're over time. But tune back in on Thursday. We're going to try and get that live stream going up so you can see us put some put some faces with some voices um remember to follow us like and subscribe comment on youtube you can find us on spotify and on anchor for justin i am chase this has been let's get it